So I want to talk with you about hearing clearly through the static, the static of life. You ever get your clothes caught in static and you get little socks caught to them or stuff like that and you just, just got to, you know, that's the reason you put those little pink things in there and you get all the static out. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk with you about static and how static can mess you up in your life. Um, Numbers chapter 14 verses 1 through 9. Numbers 14, verses 1 through 9. It's behind me, Gabe? Okay. Uh, That night, all of the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All of the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only you had, if, uh, if we had only died in Israel, or Egypt, pardon me, in Egypt, or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to have us? fall by the sword. We've come this far, and it's probably the end of us. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us if we died in Egypt and went back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their face in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. And then Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored, check that word, I'm going to come back to it, explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we possessed, pardon me, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. There's something about this land as the rest of them were grumbling. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. In other words, what God was saying was, I want to bless you. And he was saying to them, God wants to bless you. God wants to do something great here. Only uh, do not rebel against the Lord and do not be, what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say afraid. Don't be what? (laughs) Afraid. Don't be frightened of the people of the land because there's something going on here. He said, because... We will devour them. But they're big people. And they can mess us up. And you don't understand how large they are. Yeah, but we've been there. Don't worry about it. Caleb and uh, 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 Joshua are saying, he said, we're going to smoke them. God's going to do something really big here. And notice, this is interesting. Their protection is gone. Now, when God says his protection is gone, and they're protected, he's not protecting them then you need to know the shield has come down because God is protecting you. Do not be afraid of them. Do you know that just the term fear not, just fear not, is spoken 365 days in the Bible. Just that term alone, not frightened or fearful. Just that term, 365 days, uh, 365 times in the Bible. And when you think about that, you come to the conclusion, I think he means it. Don't be afraid. So what makes a person not fear when it's time to fear? I mean, it's different. I mean, if you get in an accident or you're shocked or something happens to you, of course we get fearful. Of course things happen to us. But faith and courage are very important in this aspect of life as we walk through it. When it's time to be fearful, we're not quite as fearful as we should be. 
because I'm believing God and I've got to have the courage to go on. Some will say, well, some people have more courage than others. I'm finding that everything is relative. Did you know that God is just as able to meet you as the person to your left and your right? He's not discriminatory. He, he's here to help us and here to minister to us. So it's, it's, what they were doing is it's like peering into the immortal through eyes of clay. I'm seeking God, looking for God, but I'm looking at him through my own weakness and even lack of faith sometimes. And that happens to all of us. None of us are perfect. So Joshua and Caleb are saying, don't give in to the fear. <laughs> what is fear? Clinically speaking, I've said it to you, fear is what? Begins with an A. A N Angs. That's right, we've got some people going. <laughs> what, 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 you know? Anxiety. Fear is, if fear is anxiety, anxiety is fear. That's what it is. We can break it down. He was saying, don't buy into the lie of the enemy that somehow God is not going to show up in your life. Now, right now, I'm sure you're saying, listen, I've, I've sought the Lord for some things, and sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm telling you, this is a whole lifelong thing. It's amazing. God knows what we need, when we need it, how we need it, and if we need it. God is not always, God is our butler, not our butler. <laughs> and there is a difference. He doesn't always give us all the things we need in the way that we need him. But nonetheless, he is for us and he is not against us. So fear is the, is the, is the factor that the enemy uses to try to show, to destroy us and somehow think that God just isn't going to show up in your life. He's not going to be there when you need him. Oh, how easy the Israelites forgot. We forget. We see things like 9-11. When 9-11 happened, uh, those of you, how many were not born during 9-11? Come on, it's okay. Don't be fearful. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nobody over here. <laughs> How many were just a little teeny baby? How many remember? Okay, that's like our generation. We remember when President John F. Kennedy was killed. I remember the class I was in. I remember the time I looked. It was announced. I remember everything it was in the, in the seventh grade. Uh, or we remember that. That's a life-shattering you know, shattering thing. You remember 9-11. Well, you know, um, so um, when 9-11 happened, it was very tragic and very horrible. It was amazing. Statistically, people were going to church again. Even people who really weren't very religious were finding their way in churches, uh, kneeling down, believing God, and praying. Why? Because they were frightened. They were fearful for the first time the United States had been attacked. It was a very, very fearful thing for all of us. And they found themselves, oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. We're in a, we're in a bad way here. Things are happening. And it's never happened here in this country before. And I'm really, really frightened. And that happened, I think the statistics are saying, that happened for about six months, six to eight months. And then it waned. And it went away. Why do you think? Because we forget so easily. God, I'm in trouble. Something's happening. I need you. Please meet me. 
And then it was Wayne and Wayne and Wayne, and next thing you know, it was they're all back. No, that's not true. Uh, there was a segment that went back, and all of a sudden, it, it wasn't quite as, it wasn't an emergency like it was before. So therefore, God, I don't quite need you to the degree that I needed you then. Israel is finding themselves in the same exact place, just forgetting. But from what I read in Exodus in chapter 8, even through the 11th chapter in Exodus, uh, I, I, see, <laughs> I see where God did meet them. I see where God showed up um, uh, in Egypt uh, for all of the Israelites, and it proved that he didn't forget them. Matter of fact, if you look at it, he turned, what he turned the Nile into blood. He was locust, there was frogs, there was lice, there was livestock pestilence, there was, um, there was the first child um, died, there was hail, there was darkness, there was everything that goes on. The ten major things, ten powerful things happened in that, those particular chapters to prove to, to uh, Israel that I am with you, that I'm not going to leave you. Oh, but there's more. <laughs> Besides that, uh, God stretched and separates uh, the Red Sea, and then, you know, the Egyptian army is riding through, and boom, he just knocks a lot of those guys out of the water, and they're dead. And, and besides that, it's really weird if you believe it, and I do, not only did he split a sea, but he split a sea, and it says they walked on dry ground. That's crazy. But then again, it's so God. <laughs> He was showing them, look, I'm here. I'm going to show up in your life, and you're going to see that I am. And then after that, they get on the other side, and you know the rest of the story because I see it written on some of your sweatshirts. They cross over, and then they're in this oasis, and there's 70 date palm trees, and, and then there is uh, uh, 12 fresh springs, each one for the tribe of Israel. Because the place that they landed was called what? Elam. It's called Elam. An oasis. So now Joshua and Caleb are reminding uh, the Israelites in, in Numbers in chapter 14 that God is the one who is going to show up in your life. And, uh, but but, but uh, all of a sudden, Caleb and Joshua were hearing something from the children of Israel that were contrary to what he was feeling and what he saw. And what he heard was this. What he heard in terms of noise was this. What a spiritual sound, wasn't it? I can sense the Holy Spirit here now. <laughs> static is what he heard from the people. Nothing but static. He's trying to show them God and what God wants to do. And boom, all they hear and he hears, Moses hears, is static. That's all. No, 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 you have to understand. They can't see what God was doing through it all. Static lacks in movement in every capacity. It lacks in action and it lacks in change. Static, 
uh, obstructs clarity on any side. And it goes nowhere and it accomplishes absolutely nothing whatsoever. Just static. You ever had your TV just go static? You can't do it on your cell phone because it doesn't happen. Just all over. Oh, 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 I was watching the game. I was watching none, now nothing. Or a song, or all of a sudden, it, what you were looking at is gone, and you hear these noises. It used to be when we were kids, we had that, what was that thing? <laughs> it's, we're just so old. <laughs> you know, at 12 o'clock, whatever it was, 1 o'clock at night, televisions, get this, they went off. <laughs> no more television. You could get behind there again, Gabe, would you please? I'm going to crank it up for a minute. One more time, if we could. Okay. What? Oh, I, it, it, of course you're covering your ears. <laughs> because that's what the children of Israel were doing, covering their ears. I can't hear this. Just to get back to the little story, it, cuts, it, cut, uh, it cuts off at, uh, when we were kids at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Today, if your devices cut off at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, oh, that would be so wonderful. <laughs> then all of a, and all of a sudden, you're, you're going, nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working, God, 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 nothing's on the TV, nothing's on my phone. <laughs> it's not working. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack, God. Anybody got any Adderall? Anything, anything, anything. It doesn't bother some, but it bothers a lot. We used to do crazy things like talk to one another. <laughs> Nothing's on TV. Hey, man, what do you say? We you know, just talk and look at things. Hey, I'm not knocking you. My wife just told me I look at my, I look at my cell phone too much last night. <laughs> you look at your cell phone too much. What are you doing? Oh, I'm in heavy prayer. Scripture just flooding my eyeballs. I think I'm in another realm. <laughs> oh, not. So listen, young brothers and sisters, I want you to know something. That when you are believing God for something, and when you are trusting God for help in your life, or something you're doing for God, or when you're asking God for direction because you're not sure what to do and what 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 direction to take, or when you're needing something from God, and uh, you're needing a breakthrough in your life, and you need God to show up, then you must learn to shut off the static of the enemy. And if not, and you choose not to do that, or you, tr- or you don't do that, or somehow you, you look to some other kind of source to do that, then you'll go right back to what the children of Israel said. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to fall by the sword? Things aren't good for me. Fear and defeatism equal a lackluster life and faith walk. Fear is an amazing thing, and it's a paralyzing thing in our lives. All of us have been there. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying we're not to have fear. We're not to be anxious. These things aren't to happen to us. But, but what I'm sharing with you is that when they happen in your life, and if they haven't yet, they will. Well, no, I'm just going to ride the Jesus cloud. I'm going to go from here to age 70. 
What is the what are the they, what is the thing when you're surfing? Would they do something? What is the California girls? What do they call that? What is it? What is it? No, they got a term there. I'm doing a something. Hanging ten. Sister Sylvia is so good at that she hangs twenty. Because fear grips us, and it's going to grip you. It needs to because we can maneuver our lives and understand who God is. John 10.10 says the thief comes to do three things. The thief comes to steal, and he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Jesus said that with his own lips. But he went on to say, even though that's a fact, he said, I have come that you might what? And what? Life more abundantly. He's come to steal Every bit of hope that you have, he's come to kill the faith that you are maneuvering and growing in your life, and he's also come to destroy every dream that you're hoping for with God. It's what he does. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 says, because my servant Caleb had a different spirit, he was a different dude. He stood out. Something was different. About, he breathed different air. He looked at things differently. He believed things like for real. He, he, was, he was so different. And it says, and follows me wholeheartedly, God said. And because of that, I'm going to bring him into the land, the land that he went and explored, and all of his descendants are going to inherit it. Why? Because he believed and lived in a God realm. Now, it's, it's not like we're so, you know, heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. I, mean, I know we need to put our pants on and clothes and everything and do the right thing. We just can't say, oh, God, just levitate him on my body and all this. You know, we do things. We believe God. We're, there are practical things that we do. But he believed in a, in a God realm that wasn't limited by the enemy's static. And the enemy will throw that static on you every day of your life. Well, isn't there a time if I grow so wonderful and strong in God that the static will stop? No. Never. But don't be upset about it. Realize that you have overcome it. God, the enemy is going to try his best to move you away from the great things that God has in store for you and others as a result of your ministry, whatever that's going to be. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to be filled with fear and to listen to the static. Is this going to happen? I'm not sure. Am I ever going to get married? You know, and, and maybe I don't feel real well. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, you know, now you know, my family is all messed up and I've got problems. Or you know, I'm not going to pass that test. I can't do it. I just can't get it. Like a, all these various fear things. I can go on. and I don't have enough money. I'm not... <laughs> you got to don't listen to the static. Listen to the voice of God. You need to know today, young men and women, that the enemy is going to throw static to do a couple things, to scare you and frighten you. How many, how many have like, you know, you don't have, we don't have to go through all the testimonies. How many have been like really frightened at times? It could be a dog chasing you. I don't know what it, you know, you, got, you get just really scared. Is any, okay, I'll go one testimony. Anybody have like, a, I was really frightened then. 
CC? Mm. That's concerning. <laughs> That's scary. That's frightening. I had a Doberman pincher chase me up a metal pole once. And I had a sweat jacket on. I was, we were just mad at how many kids. And the problem with metal lights and a sweat jacket is you can climb up, but you immediately begin to slide down. And I was sliding right down to the jaws of a Doberman pincher. I was frightened. I was in a, 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 was a, a Jehovah's Witness parking lot. They had a big parking lot. I was just running at it, and then this Doberman pincher came. It's a scary feeling. It's a scary feeling to, to, to run like that. And, and, so, and so you're going to have these, exam, these times, these moments in your life. And he's going to try to do that in every area of your life. He's going to try to do it in your personal life. He's going to try to do it in your relational life. He's going to do that in your emotional life. Even when those who say, you know, hey, I've got, we all have issues, right? I dare you to, no, don't do it. I was going to say, point to someone who doesn't have an issue. You might point to yourself. And that wouldn't be good. Okay, that wouldn't be good. <clears throat> in your financial life. He is going to throw static in you, uh, your spiritual life, because he wants to be able to deflate your faith and diminish the hope that God wants to put in you. He'll deflate you in any way he possibly can. He wants to um, discourage you. He wants to hinder you. He wants to scare you. He wants to intimidate you in any way he possibly can to somehow believe he's not going to show up in your life. That's a lie. There have been times... I thought, God, I need you now. And then I thought, well, I'm over that. I really need you now. It's like, I thought I needed you then. Now I really need you now. And there are times that I said, God, I'm in my counseling office sometimes when we had our offices. I would go, God, you got to show up. You got to show up. You got to show up. Uh, not knowing what to think, uh, even though you go through all the training and you've been doing this for years, sometimes you come up with people, you go, I don't know where to go here, Lord. And so in your mind, you kind of speak in tongues, you kind of believe in God. And God, ultimately shows up, which is really cool because once he does, you realize it ain't about you. <laughs> it's about him loving you. I want to share something with you. Fear, <clears throat> what it does is it paralyzes your todays and it cripples your tomorrows. It paralyzes you today and its longevity is to be able to cripple your tomorrows. But Joshua and Caleb, they, they had an antidote to this. An antidote is something that just takes it away, like an anti-venom. Like you get bit by a rattler, you know, they give you a rattler's venom with some other stuff in it to just an anti-venom. And, uh, and that was, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. See, they explored it. They went all over the place. How many of you guys as kids, just, you know, little, little boys like to explore things, like to, you know, climb trees, you know, cut things up, you know, go on the weeds, get muddy. How many of you kids, boys, when you were small, uh, just like to go out and explore in the woods or do something like that, uh, get involved in body? Now, how many of the girls did the same thing? <laughs> That's awesome. You just go out and explore. Why are you doing this? I don't know. It's just there, you see, and I want to explore it. And so they, uh, they explored it, and then when they came back, they said, this is good. I, they explored it. They saw it. 
They searched it and they touched it. They said, this thing is real and it's good. We saw that it's good. Something is amazing going on. Joshua and Caleb had an antidote to fear, and that antidote was a secure understanding and relationship with God, which gave them a resistance against static noise and the father of lies by virtue of just exploring who he was, making time for God, and even in the midst of your fear, go, God, you're going to show up. I'll tell you what they were. They were faith-filled, these guys. These, this is you now. Come on. This is what you have. They were faith-filled. They were confident in God's promises. They saw the land. Today, that's believing the word of God. Today, that it's Christ. The lamb was a metaphor for God, Christ, and what he has for us. They were fearless on top of faith-filled. They weren't frightened because they knew God, and he, they knew he was with them, and they also knew that he loved them. And I tell you what, it's, it's, it's nice to be loved. And we come from backgrounds, some of us, that, you know, sometimes love is difficult. Sometimes we don't understand it. When you've tasted the love of God, and you explore it more, and you want more of it, then all of a sudden you find that uh, something happens within your psyche and your mind and, and your body and your spirit because you're experiencing something that is, uh, is powerful and real and stable in your life, very securing. Last thing was they had foresight. They had foresight anticipating that God was going to give them the very thing that they had a vision for. You know, Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27 says this. He said, I'm the Lord the God of all mankind, is there anything, anything that I cannot do? Anything. Well, I, young men and women, there's nothing that God is not able to do for you. And all that God longs to give us, we're going to be thrown static in every area of our lives, but we can sustain that and believe God because God wants to show up in our lives. There's nothing that he can't do. I've experienced it. Many people over here experience it. You've experienced it. Just a quick, 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 quick raising of a hand. How many ever just thought at some point, I, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I, I just have no idea. It even has me in a fearful position, but yet you saw God show up. Well, that's a, that's a hefty amount. Praise God. And those of you who perhaps hasn't, stay tuned. Stay tuned. God has some great stuff for you. Static prevents us from um, both hearing and seeing clearly and prevents us from able to do large things for God. And to do large things for God and to be successful at it, you got to mute the static like they did up there. <laughs> CC's holding their ears. I saw another person over here holding their ears. It's offending, isn't it? Static's just a bummer. It's offending. And it, and it prevents you from doing something because you're, you're going, I can't hear this. That's the enemy, and that's his job. Static prevents, uh, like for instance, if you're in a control tower, and, and the control tower is the lifeline of the airplane, and so the airplane has to listen to the control tower. And if all they're hearing is static, and they can hear what the control tower is saying, they are in trouble. Because they're saying, that the tower is saying, you need to change your course, perhaps. 
Change your course because we have all the traffic coming in. Okay, you hear that? And all of a sudden, you're saved. I want you to watch out for other planes. By the way, this plane is coming in your airspace. Move south more so. Boom, you hear that. All of a sudden, you, you find that you're safe there. Land. Runway number two. What? Don't land. Have you ever, if those of us who have flown, sometimes you're coming in and all of a sudden you see the runway and you're, you're, not, you know, you're not like on it, but you're getting ready to uh, uh, land on it and all of a sudden the plane begins to take off and gain altitude. It's because the tower said to them, don't do it. You know, there is, uh, you know, something happened or, or there was another, uh, there was a wind shear or something going on. So this, if all of a sudden, if all the, all the pilots here is nothing but static, then the plane is in danger. If all we hear is static, then we're in danger. Luke chapter 10 and verse 9 says, <laughs> this is cool now. Jesus said, I've given you authority. Say that with me authority. You have that. To trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all of the power of the enemy. Now, I know you're immortal. Well, that's all we are, but we've been called by God to be able to withstand all of the power of the enemy because of he who is able to do exceedingly abundant in our lives. Again, it, 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 doesn't, make, it doesn't make you always on the victory side and everything, you know, rosy. But we, if we have the tenacity to stick in there, God will see us through to be able to do the exploits that he's called us to be able to perform. Someone said that uh, don't be afraid of the storms if you know how to sail the ship. If you're in a storm and you're in a boat and you don't know what to do, storm's bad enough, goodbye. <laughs> But if you know how to sail the ship and you've been trained to how to sail the ship and you know everything about the ship, you have much more of a chance of surviving the storms. And there are storms in life. Israel was going through these things. Big storm they were going through. Many of them just wanted to stay in Elam. Just keep us here at this oasis. We do not want to move because we've just been out of Egypt and this compared to Egypt is unbelievable. We don't want to leave it. I get it. I may have been one, I may have been one of them. It's pretty nice, but God had other plans for him. God never keeps us in one place very long, in, in, in the spirit or in our, 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 our journey with him. He always has something more for us so that he can do more for other people. Because static, um, static is, gives us difficulties and, and challenges and disappointments. They're unavoidable in our lives. Unavoidable. However, God speaks to us in amazing ways. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Resist or oppose the devil, and he'll flee from you. What, what does that mean? Uh, you know, what do I just do? I just, you know, okay, uh, something's going on in my life. How do I resist him? How do I resist him? You know, I find, anybody ever heard of CBT? You know what that means? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Sorry, this is an occupational hazard. <laughs> in other words, it's something that you have to do in order to get something. Uh, the static is coming all over my life. This is not good. Uh, I just, I don't know. He's, the enemy's just pelted me. Then do a couple things. Take a walk. This is, this is things that we can do to lessen the fear and lessen the anxiety. You take a walk. You change your environment because as long as you stay there, oh, I'm really scared. I'm really frightened. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh, and some people who have an anxiety issue, all that does is increase their anxiety more. Not that calling on God is wrong. That's good. 
but you change your environment. You do something. You walk. You listen to something. You talk to somebody. You, you, you work out. You do something that says, I'm going to move it away from the thing that's trying to dominate my mind. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you're actually doing something in order to counter the thing that the enemy is trying to destroy you with. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's something we do that can cause us to be able to be on the winning side with God. Scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, you do it. So I want to end with this. Static, that loud noise that we hear, Static, that loud noise that we hear. Static, that loud. <laughs> There's some students going, ah, ooh, ah. no, I'm only kidding. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, the timing's not on, but that's okay. You get the point. Static, that very thing that constantly weighs at us and hits us, our lifeline is the voice of God. That miraculous, powerful voice of God that Psalms 29 says is over all of the waters, no matter what body of water that is. That voice of God it, that in Psalms 29 that says is powerful and able to break through anything that we go through. It is majestic, it breaks cedars, and it's like flashing lights. That powerful, glorious word of God, voice of God in our lives. The scripture says in John 10, 27, that his sheep hear his voice. How many are sheep here today? Stand to your feet, would you? The voice of God, static in your life. For those of you who have heard it before, even though we gave you some loud noise here today, you get the point. It's the enemy's job to throw you off of everything that God wants in your life. Give not in to the static. Don't be like the children of Israel because God has miraculous things, not only for you personally, but through you. There's people here called to the ministry and that equals ministering life to other people. And he's going to do everything he can to try to stop that. But we have the power of God because you have a different spirit to be able to see things in a realm that only people of God can do. Different because you've explored him and you know him and as a result, you have the power of God. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for all of the good stuff that you do. Thank you for these young men and women here in this wonderful school. God, bless them, be with them, encourage them. Father, lead them and guide them and direct them in every way they need to go so that the enemy, when he throws static, and he will, they can still distinguish the voice of God because they hear from the shepherds. Give them great grace, I pray. Empower in you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all.